0: El drama de los impuestos ya empezó.
1: Ya no, porque Boost Mobile te da gratis un Samsung Galaxy A23 5G cuando te cambias. Y con el poder de las redes 5G más grandes del país.
0: No más drama
1: que será de mí. Cámbiate a Boost y llévate un Samsung Galaxy A23 5G gratis. Oferta por tiempo limitado, solo nuevos clientes disponible en ciertas redes. El servicio 5G no está disponible en todas partes. Un dispositivo por línea excluye impuestos. Aplican restricciones adicionales. Visita una tienda para detalles. Lemon drop, please. We're just shots.
0: You do to do shots. Everybody do, shot. do shots. Let's do shots. Welcome to Transistory.
1: Welcome, friends.
0: This is the inclusive women's history podcast where I, Brianna Hecker, and my friend...
1: Claire Thomas...
0: Tell a story with a different theme um, every week. And uh, this week we're doing political people. Um, dissidents, mostly. Uh, yeah, we're super excited. Um, Claire, uh, what are you drinking today?
1: So I am drinking uh, this $5 gas station like Prosecco. <laughs> um, I'm. It's kind of. I usually go for the reds, but yeah. I had this left over from when my friend was visiting, and we didn't mimosa it up as much as I had thought we would. So, um, yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. What about you, Brie? It looks yummy.
0: I have created a custom concoction. This is, um, it's strawberry lemonade is what I was going for, but it's uh one part limoncello, two parts. Uh, strawberry nectar with a little bit of simple syrup um but it's Lovely. very tasty
1: i love limoncello love it yeah well it's dangerous
0: we have a lot
1: yeah <laughs> i'll be tapping into that here in a minute um yeah how's your week been brie
0: oh my gosh it's been crazy um did a lot of the research for this uh over the last few days instead of like pacing it out Um, It was really neat to be able to research somebody that we actually have information about, right? Versus uh, having to go off like ancient historical texts of people who hated my subject. Yeah. (laughs) How was yours?
1: Oh, my week's been good. Um, It's been it's been busy, but busy's you know busy's a good thing. It can be a good thing sometimes. And researching my my lady this week, Mm. um, it really kind of mirrored what we're seeing happening currently in in ukraine Mm -hmm. uh so it definitely when i was researching it was striking a nerve because you know we we learn Mm -hmm. and take away so much from uh history and historical events and yet you know you still see shades of it no matter how long it's been um but yeah it's um there's a good ending at least for my lady uh so, yeah, so it's been, it's been a heavy week, I think, for all of us.
0: It has. And uh, since this is our one area where we can actually like be on the record about something, fuck the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And yes. Fuck Putin.
1: Putin is a dickhole. I want him D E A D. I can spell it if we it's can not say a current it. threat. Yeah, okay, I want him dead i want him done funny story about that so my friend was visiting recently Mm -hmm. and i was showing her my (laughs) my recent purchase of a spell book Mm -hmm. and it's it's like a nonsense spell book you know but we were just like goofing around and we decided to do a spell Mm
0: -hmm. and this
1: was before the invasion of ukraine so Mm -hmm. we decided to do a spell you know, so that Putin would die. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing this spell. We wake up the next morning to news that Russia's invaded Ukraine. So, what we've discovered is our magic does work, but just in reverse.
0: Okay. So, I will tell you the opposite of what I want. Yes. And you can make it And I'll it make
1: it happen. Yes. So found that out. So that's kind of fun. I've I have powers of of a sort.
0: Well, use your powers for good. And so far, you, you this is not. It hasn't great. been working. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the intent is good.
0: Speaking of the intent, though, President Zelensky. Mm. Oh my god.
1: Hubba hubba! He is a stud.
0: Yeah, I mean anybody that will tell the Americans. Uh, I want more ammunition. I don't. I need more ammunition. I don't need a ride. That's right. amazing. I don't
1: need a ride. I need more ammo. Yes. Oh, oh, my God, did I get flustered when I heard that. And he's just a handsome man. I think he's married, right? He is married. Well, that's fine. You know, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> he's a handsome man. And if he you're going sticking... where
0: I thought you were with that, I'm glad you didn't say yes. <laughs> it. Okay,
1: good. Uh, um... And he was a what? Comedian or an actor? He I guess
0: something like that. He was a... Uh, uh,
1: so man of many talents and muscles and balls of steel.
0: The fucking you know. courage, yeah. No, but uh, anyway. We 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 are pro Zelensky, yes. anti Putin. Yes. That's our stance. Yes. It's official. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's I mean that's gonna be the thing that convinces Putin to pull out of uh out of Ukraine is uh, the fact that the trans history podcast came out against it. I'm sure
1: he's to be heartbroken. Dis-
0: just destroyed.
1: He's to be heartbroken. <clears throat> and he's to find out I like, cast a spell on him for him to die. Well, he I not take that lightly. Yeah, no,
0: he's not. But then I don't know. depends on how he f- feels about the invasion of Ukraine. Maybe that was something he's just had a heart on for, like for a long time. And oh, you yeah. gave him the impetus to do it.
1: I guess so. I guess so. And maybe he, he likes some, like, sadomasochism. Maybe he's like, oh, yeah, she wants me dead, mm. you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a weird kink. Yeah. But okay.
1: He's a kinky guy.
0: Oh, you I think? I can see
1: it. I can, oh. oh, yeah, he's a freak. I can see it. But he's into weird stuff, like.
0: I'm um, so curious what you consider to be weird stuff. <laughs> this is going to be crazy. Like, I
1: feel like, what kind of, ant, like, Animals? Do they have in Russia? Like furry animals? Like they, I feel like they he have would fucking
0: like polar bears.
1: Do they? I okay, guess. I feel like he would be like he would have a fetish for like polar bear fur rubbed on him or like his. F-
0: so you're saying feet. he's a furry?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's yeah. a furry? That. Yeah. Are you heard it here.
0: Yep. We we're on top of it. We are breaking this news.
1: He's a freak. Yeah. Mm.
0: And also, uh, fuck the attorney general of Texas. Uh, yes,
1: you told me about this just today.
0: Supporting Fox, trans kids. Fox that
1: attorney general.
0: Is not child abuse, uh, and you're an asshole. And uh, fuck you personally. Yes. Those are those are baby siblings over there that you're fucking with, and you're going to get people killed. And I will. Unleash.
1: Uh, we'll yeah.
0: We. I'm going to tell Claire to cast a really nice spell <laughs> on you, and yeah. you're going to die. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're gonna. You're gonna. <laughs> Count your days, whatever, <laughs> whatever your name is. I'm coming for you. Um, no, that's awful. And I know me and Brief talked about Texas before. I personally, my experiences with Texas have been pretty cool. And um, but it's a shame. I mean, it still is a pretty red state. But uh, you know, assholes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't all progress at the same speed, I guess. But yeah, he's gotta go. Don't worry, Bree. I'm going to work on that later tonight.
0: Okay, thank
1: you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah. So, for this week, our as Brie mentioned, our theme is um, women in the political...
0: Hmm. Uh, was political dissidents.
1: Piss, yeah, that... <laughs> Pissidents. Um, <laughs> yes. Shorthand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've only had, like, two sips of my wine, so I don't know where that was coming from. Um, yeah. Political dissidents. So, these were... Rebels. They rebelled against status quo. Um, Right, Brie? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't
1: know much about who you're covering, but I'm...
0: You will by the end of this. I
1: know. I'm excited. I'm excited. I also
0: don't know much about who you're covering, so we're square.
1: I know. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. A lot of people didn't until 99, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll get started. We'll get right right in there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Mm-mm. and i went first last week so claire is going to go first this week yes because we take turns
1: we take turns we're polite like that we are um okay so this week i am covering Irina sentler uh who was a humanitarian nazi resistance fighter during world war ii
0: already in love
1: yes she's a badass um so irene was or sorry irena Was born in Warsaw, Poland, which is the capital of Poland, uh, in 1910, (laughs) to Roman Catholic parents, Dr. Oh boy, Stanislaw Kurzanowski. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Kurzanowski. And his wife, Janina. uh, Her father was a physician, and he was known for treating the very destitute at no cost. Um, And Where a lot of doctors at that time would not, because there were still a lot of diseases that, you know, weren't easily treatable at the time. But he treated them at no cost. Um, He eventually did die in 1917 when Irina was only seven years old. Uh, He died after contracting typhus from a patient that he was treating. Um, And this is... Typhus, yes. I
0: can't remember what typhus is.
1: I should have looked it up. I don't know. It sounds awful.
0: Knock um, on. Lo- a
1: lot of people died from that uh, during during that time, apparently. But uh, this is really sweet. It, it really starts at my heartstrings. So as he's in the days that he's dying, he tells Irina, who's seven, if you see someone drowning, you must rescue them, even if you cannot swim. It's not just the sweetest oh thing God. you've ever heard. I know.
0: No, I mean she had an amazing role model. That's uh yeah.
1: I know, even if you cannot swim, like oh just completely selfless and you could tell just based on you know what he did with his life. Um and he definitely influenced her from a very young age as we'll see. Um so we're going to fast forward to 1927. Irina is now 17. She's attending the University of Warsaw uh where she studied law and Polish literature. Um while she's at university, she was great. She greatly opposed uh, segregation. So they had segregated seating at the university, which separated um, the Jewish students from the rest of the class or the, the Aryan students. Um,
0: wow, that's not the kind of segregation that we had around here. Yeah,
1: no, completely different. And uh, she was very outspoken about the segregation, and this outspokenness eventually. You know, lab- they labeled her as a communist mm. communist, and a philo Semite, which I had to look up philo Semite. That's just someone who is empathetic to the Jewish people, who is an advocate for the Jewish people.
0: Okay. And just
1: is, it's the opposite of anti Semite. So she was labeled a philo Semite. Then after leaving the university, she didn't finish, um, but after leaving the university, she began working in a Warsaw clinic that provided legal counseling and social help for the underprivileged. And uh, through this work that she did with that clinic, uh, she saw just how impoverished and poor the Jewish communities were. Um, and then in 1935, this clinic closed and Irene went to work at Warsaw's Department of Social Welfare and Public Health. Uh, so we're gonna... A few years again. So, this is we're getting into World War II, okay, okay which is when she really shone. So, mm-hmm. after the German invasion of Poland, which was 1939, mm-hmm. Irene and her co workers were ordered to no longer assist Jewish citizens of Poland. Uh, so, their work uh, responsibilities became solely to care for injured Polish soldiers. Um, and in order for Polish soldiers at that time and their families to obtain aid, medical records were required. So Irene, what she did was she began falsifying records.
0: Nice.
1: Yes, and supplying members of the Jewish community with these records so that they would pass as Aryan citizens. Well, there you go, of. Yes, yeah, and some of the soldiers who, the Polish soldiers who she would care for when they passed away, she would basically give their identi- identities to a passing Jewish male. Um, Perfect. Yeah, so it worked out well. Um, but then, so things started to take a turn. So by 1940, the Warsaw Ghetto was designated by Nazi occupiers. Um, the Warsaw Ghetto was the largest ghetto in Europe during World War II. It crowded 400,000 Jews in an area that was 1.3 square miles. So I did a little research. And so we live in Asheville here. Okay, Asheville is not big. But it's forty five point nine five square miles. Okay, the ghetto was one point three square miles. So keep those numbers in mind. Asheville has ninety one thousand five hundred and sixty people. This ghetto of one point three square miles was the home for four hundred thousand Jews.
0: Jesus Christ! Yes.
1: Yeah. So um, often there were nine to ten people in a room in this in this little community. Um, And the ghetto, basically, it was sealed off from the rest of the city of Warsaw. The Nazi occupation demanded all of the Jews go live in this ghetto. They sealed it off, and it was enclosed by a wall that was over 10 feet high, topped with barbed wire, and guarded to prevent movement between the ghetto and the rest of the city. So it was a prison. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. And so what Irene and a few fellow employees started doing was they obtained these special permits that because they worked for the public health department of the city. So they were able to obtain, and she was raised Roman Catholic. So they obtained special permits that allowed them entry into the Warsaw ghetto to check for signs of typhus, what her father died of. And apparently the Germans were terrified of typhus, you know, like it's sort of funny. um, Like they were so terrified of typhus that they could obliterate 11 million people in the blink of an eye, um, but typhus, forget it, you know? Um, so under the guise of typhus inspectors, they brought in medicine, food, um, sanitary supplies, clothing, just basic necessities into the ghetto. Um, yeah. Which isn't, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: I love that she's like working the system to the point that like, yeah, they're like, well, you know, nobody's allowed in. But have you heard of typhus? Right,
1: exactly. That shit will
0: get you. Yeah. And I'll bet you, you got like half a million people in there.
1: Yeah, you should let me go check should. it I'm going to go
0: check. I'll check. You don't yeah. have to go check. I'll oh, check. Oh,
1: these, these huge bags I have with me? Oh, this is my typhus inspection equipment. Yeah, you don't
0: expect me to do this without my equipment. Right. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah.
1: So, well, so they were doing this for a while, but they could only do so much with the limited funds they had. Um, the next year, 1941, was the beginning of... The Holocaust as we've come to know it. 1941 is when they started, you know, is when the opening of the concentration camps began and when the mass murder spree began. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Nazis had something called the Great Action, okay? It was the Nazi code name, the Great Action was the Nazi code name for the campaign that initiated deportation and mass murder of the Jews within the Warsaw Ghetto. And that began in summer of 1942. So they called it the Great Action, and that's when they basically just started going into the ghetto, taking X n- number of people per day and putting them on trains, shipping them off to, for the most part, Treblinka. Mm. Is what I read. People in the Warsaw Ghetto went to Treblinka, which was, I mean, Fucking they were gross. all awful, but it was really up there in terms of
0: a mm. uh, number of casualties. There's no good camp that you get sent to. Like no. That's, no. that's
1: not a... Oh, we're going to the happy camp. Yeah, fluffy we're going camp.
0: to... Oh, we're going to summer camp. It'll right. be great.
1: It'll be great. Uh, yeah, so um, the great action that started in the summer of 1942, and this was considered the deadliest phase, um, summer of 1942 until the fall of 1943. Um, during that time, I think it was estimated, you know, like 80% of the Warsaw ghetto was, you know, swept off and... Jesus Killed.
0: Christ, that's a lot of people.
1: Yes. Um, so as this is happening, um, everyone, really around the world, they're starting to um, realize something needs to be done. and Something needs to be done fast. We need more funding. We need to get these people out. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to really, you know, rally up the mass. We have to get these people out and rally the masses to help us. So um, the formation of a group called Zagota, and that's Z is in zebra EGOTA um that was the council to aid jews with the government delegation for Poland i guess is what it stood for but it was formed in late summer of 1942, uh, prompted by the violence of the Great Action.
0: What Was it a government organization?
1: It was, yes. So it was a an underground Polish resistance organization. Ah, uh,
0: okay. I was, because I know the government, like, collaborated.
1: Right, they did, yes. So they had funding from the government, but it was very underground. Mm-hmm. Um, at face value, you know, they they were trying to be you know, on somewhat good terms, not good terms, but they were trying to be submissive as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but all of this is going on underneath the surface. So they formed Zagoda. Um, it had around 100 cells. So that those are basically agents that worked for them. Uh, and they provided food, medicine, money, um, false identification documents, uh, to thousands of Polish Jews hiding in the area inside of the German occupation zone. Um, The creation and distribution of these false documents has actually been described as one of the Zagoda's major tasks. And it's estimated that they produced up to a hundred sets of false identities for Jewish Jewish refugees. And another estimate says that they forged about 50,000 documents, such as marriage certificates, baptismal records, Death certificates, employment cards, basically anything's helped the Jews pass as Christians.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, Irina loved faking paperwork. Like oh, she, she, she could v- fake some paperwork. She
1: could, yes, she could. She did it all all the time, you know. she. Um, so she was working with them. And then with funding, with this additional funding from Zagoda, um, Irina eventually went by the pseudonym Clara, or Clara. Okay. Um, and then her and her team, her small team of about 20, Uh, made arrangements with different orphanages, convents, families that supported the cause, families that they they trusted. Um, And then they forged fake documents and would hide. They started hiding babies and children, um, sneaking them out of the Warsaw ghetto by hiding them in ambulances. Um, They took them through sewer systems. They took them out of the ghetto in suitcases, shipping crates, uh, and they would sneak them out of the ghetto to -hmm. safety and then um, you know, make sure they were properly housed with false identification as well. Um, and this is, this was interesting. Um, so she wrote down the names of each child she helped escape on cigarette papers, which I can only imagine are like either rolling papers this or gotta like, be rolling papers. yeah. So she'd write the names of each child down on, on these little papers, but she wrote them down twice just to be safe, um, on two different sets of paper. And then she sealed them in two separate glass bottles. Okay. And then she buried them in the garden of wherever they were being housed. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, and then the children were given Christian names, taught Christian prayers and prayers in case they were tested. Um, and so she wanted to preserve the children's Jewish identities. So she, she kept very good. And careful documentation uh, listing their Christian names and their given names and current locations, and hid these bottles with their names on on paper. Um, and we'll get to what she, what happened with the bottles after. But so Irina was eventually arrested uh, on well in October 1943 and taken to the Gestapo headquarters, which would be fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, no, you're. Uh, <sighs> yeah, you're no. Uh, and she was she was beaten, her legs and feet were broken, mm. she was tortured for any information about Zagota or just any under you know underground goings on and so she was tortured, beaten, legs and feet broken, and then she was driven away to be executed by a firing squad firing squad. but there was this from what I could tell like an anonymous donation. Kind of ransom paid mm-hmm. um, by Zagoda that secured her release. So they knocked her unconscious and threw her, threw her out of the car, out of the van, whatever, just on the road. And uh, she, up until the day she died, she still had to use crutches as a result of the injuries she, she sustained Jesus. during that. Yeah, oh. yeah. So they just beat the ever living shit out of her, but she didn't talk, and thank God she was. She didn't get executed, which that alone is amazing. So they
0: essentially bribed the Nazis. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Which...
0: Which I cannot imagine my legs being broken and my feet being broken and still being like, you know what, fuck you, I'm not telling you shit.
1: Exactly. And honestly, I'm surprised the Nazis even took the bribe. I don't really know. There Nazis more... are greedy
0: little bastards. They
1: are. They are. But they're also like so bloodthirsty. They're just evil little pricks. I don't know. But they must have either... Needed the money or didn't see her as being as dangerous to their, you know, mass murder as she actually she was actually very devastating to their fucking, you know, plan to rule the world and develop an Aryan race. She was very she wasn't fucking around. But anyway, so she lived.
0: Well, I'm sure she was just a woman.
1: Right, she's exactly. just
0: a woman. It's she's okay. just
1: a woman. She's just a social worker. You know, being
0: underestimated this entire time, we have fucked up all your shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. all your shit. Yeah, if you would have, yeah, she she kept going after that too because that was in 1943. So she still had a couple years to sneak some kids out. So, but she lived. She she kept working. She started working as a nurse afterwards in Warsaw until the Germans eventually left due to the advancing Soviet troops. Um, I can say good job, Soviet troops, for that. Um,
0: Now back the fuck up.
1: Yeah. No one and where, okay? Um, Records show that Mm -hmm. Irina's team of about 20 people, they saved nearly 2,500 children from the ghetto between October of 1940 and its final liquidation in April 1943 when the nazis burned it down shooting the surviving residents or sending them to death camps
0: holy shit Yeah. they couldn't just leave they had to burn it down and yeah. kill everybody yeah. oh my
1: god yep yeah, they had to just yeah which is awful but
0: listen we're in a huge hurry we're all about to die cuz this army's like kicking our ass and like right. marching into poland but let's take a minute let's burn this shit down yeah uh it's going to be fine and yeah. uh, oh and kill those motherfuckers
1: right Exactly. Well, I think. Well, I think what happened was the war Ghetto was liquidated, liquidated, which is such a politically correct. That's such term. such a sterilized term. I know. So they were killed, and it was burnt down. I think before the Soviets started advancing, so they must oh, okay. have. Okay, so just this wasn't
0: like a burn it down on the way. Burn
1: it down and let's don't know. It was more. I don't. They probably were just like, you they, know, they had a bad. We're in other countries by now. We have. Yeah jewish people all around europe to go hunt down you know this ghetto let's burn it i don't know but so so the remaining people died and unfortunately by the time that they burnt it down and killed the remaining um residents of the ghetto most of them had already been sent sent to these camps already anyway but in that time in that three-year span her and her team. Of 20. So that's only 20 people saved approximately 2,500 children. Jeez. Yes. So
0: yeah. that's like what, 100 something kids apiece. So
1: that's about 125 children per, per helper.
0: That's amazing. Per Zagoda
1: member. Yes. That's
0: amazing. I
1: know it's, it's, I mean, 2,500 is so that's such a large number. I can barely picture it. And then, especially in the scope of you Know the Holocaust itself, 11 million dying. I mean, just all of the numbers are so grand mm-hmm. that it's on it's hard to even like absorb really. Like, when I was reading all of this, I mean, at, four, at first you like kind of stope over 2,500 children and you're like, oh, that's a lot, but when you really think about it, like, holy shit, yeah. you know,
0: and then it's like a like a uh, an auditorium full of people,
1: yeah, yeah, and don't even let me start the 11 mm. million. That, well, you know, it's,
0: since we're in World War II, you know what Stalin said about this. He said, "One death is a tragedy; a million deaths is a statistic."
1: He can fuck right off. Well, he no, can... he's,
0: that's that's how it's viewed. It's,
1: yeah.
0: But so you know, everybody's you know we we worry about you know Franz Ferdinand gets shot in the head and starts World War One, and everybody's greeting Franz Ferdinand. But what about like the millions of people that died in World War One? Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's... uh, There's very few things I will say this on, but I agree with Stalin.
1: Yeah.
0: Humanity is monsters as far as, like, large numbers of uh, casualties. It's horrific.
1: Right. I mean, no, I can see it. It is definitely... um, It's kind of the way of the world, unfortunately. Um, Our our
0: tiny ape brains.
1: I know. Uh, So, after after the war... Uh, the bo- these bottles, remember the bottles or yes. the cigarette paper? so they were dug up, and uh, the, the names on each piece of paper were handed over to uh, Jewish representatives of Zagoda of that underground group. Um, and then attempts were made to reunite the children with their with their families, uh, but unfortunately, most of them uh, had perished in concentration camps.
0: Oh my God,
1: yes. Uh, and then, so, Irina lived in Warsaw for the remainder of her life, and she died on May 12th of 2008. So, she died at 98. So, she lived a long life. I mean, she was almost executed by Gestapo's. Uh, you know, she f- almost faced a fire in squad.
0: That's amazing. Can you imagine being one of those kids, though, and, like, you, you find out, like, A, the person I've been living with this whole time... Is not my mom.
1: Right. And my actual name and, is this. And
0: this is my actual name. And B, my real parents were just savagely murdered. Yeah. Like in the most, like, disgusting, horrific event of right. world history.
1: Yeah. For for no, for no reason. For other no than reason. some crazy lunatic had this idea of a perfect Aryan race or some bullshit. When didn't he have brown hair before he, like...
0: No, the the thing was he loved uh, brown hair, blue eyes, or blonde hair, blue eyes. I think it was
1: blonde hair, blue eyes. I don't know. He didn't have
0: either. Yeah, that's my fucking point.
1: He just hated himself. He was he
0: was just an Austrian. He wasn't even a fucking like German. Yeah. Uh, Ew. Fuck Hitler.
1: Yeah. Fuck Hitler. That's pretty safe to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Putin.
1: Putin is gonna. He's. I'm gonna have
0: some controversial opinions. I already did Elagabalus last time, and my, my person this time, but I feel like it's not controversial. To say fuck Hitler. No,
1: if you don't say fuck Hitler, then fuck you. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Stop
0: listening. Go away.
1: And then I also, I want to know, so a lot of these children, a lot of them are infants, you know? So imagine smuggling out babies in suitcases or storage crates or shipping crates. What if the baby cries?
0: Then you're fucked.
1: Yeah. Because if, regardless, if you're caught... Aiding and abetting, assisting, you're You're dead on the spot. And not even you, like, your family as well. Like, they come for all of you. And, like, how how did they keep these babies from crying? I have no idea. I have no idea. There had to have been some... (sighs) I
0: have no idea. Yeah. I don't have the answer to that, but the fucking courage of these people is amazing. I know. It
1: just gives me so much anxiety even thinking about it. And they did it, like... Thousands of times. So, I mean, doing it once, like, I feel like I would have aged 50 years. So, after all of this, she is recognized um, in parts of Europe for um, everything she did during World War II and her Nazi resistance efforts. Uh, In 1965, she was recognized by Yad Vashim as one of the Polish Righteous Among the Nations. She received that award. Mm. Uh, In 1991, she was made an honorary citizen of Israel and in 1996, she was awarded the Commander's Cross of the Order of Polonia Restuta, Restituta, uh, which must have been some Polish...
0: Restore Poland. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, but however, most of her achievements were, remains largely unknown in North America until 1999 when I think it was three students at a high school in Uniontown, Kansas... Produced a play based on their research into her life story. So they were assigned, like, research someone that is not well-known, right? And maybe it had to do with World War II. They started digging into her story. Found it fascinating. Could not believe that this woman is, is not known in the U.S. or within North America at all, virtually at all. Um, so they, they produced this play, which they called life in a jar because she put the names in the oh bottles. I know. God. So life. In this a jar. is the best thing
0: to ever come out of Kansas.
1: I know <laughs> it really is on it. Except tornadoes, which Brie knows my fascination.
0: You can go to other States for tornadoes. I guess This, this is the best thing to come this,
1: out. Okay. I'll, yes. I'll give it that. Um, and then the play was a surprising success. It was staged over 200 times in the U S and abroad and it significantly contributed to publicizing her story. Um, and then this is very sweet. So in 2001, so this is a couple years later, mm-hmm. funds were raised from different philanthropists, which allowed the students who produced the play to fly to Poland, meet Irina.
0: Oh my God! Yes. Can you imagine?
1: No, and I think she only spoke like Polish and maybe broken English, but. They still formed a cute little friendship with her and she oh. gave them all of this stuff. So over the years they compiled all, all over, over four thousand documents about her and her charity work during World War II. Like she would just like give them all this info, and oh, they just would talk to her and like, oh my god. Okay,
0: we need to find out who these students are so that we can like give them a shout out because I know that is amazing. Can you?
1: I know. Without them and the life in a jar, life we probably wouldn't. That's know the best much. name ever, isn't it? Oh, it's so sweet. And then so there's just there's so many accolades and awards. I mean. A few that stand out to me um so let's see so the play was adapted for TV uh titled The Courageous Heart of Irina Sindler.
0: which I will hunt down and now yes. watch yes. well I
1: guess she's played by Anna Paquin in the movie even better yeah and then 2003 Pope John Paul II sends her a personal letter praising her wartime efforts um 2003 she receives the order of the white eagle which is poland's highest civilian decoration uh she wins a polish american award she's honored by the senate of poland in twenty two thousand seven 2007 and by the u.s congress a year later um she's awarded in 2007 the order of the smile which i have no idea nope, what that is I'm but it sounds adorable that,
0: that sounds yeah <laughs> Um, We should all aspire to be in the Order of the Smile.
1: Yes, and these were all posthumously awarded. um, She's awarded Order of the Smile. Um, In April 2009, she was granted the Humanitarian of the Year Award. Um, A month later, she was granted the Audrey Hepburn Humanitarian Award. Um, They've dedicated streets in Warsaw to her, named after her. There are schools in Warsaw and across Poland named after her um so look what else i mean there oh there's permanent exhibit established to honor her life at the lowell milken center for unsung heroes in kansas and i guess Dal gadot is that how you say her name mm-hmm. she has been cast to play Irina sendler and a historic thriller um that is yet to come out i guess do we know um, the name of it i did not know the name of it this this is pretty recent so this was like 2021 she was cast
0: that's amazing
1: i know and then just this past year a statue of her in nottinghamshire uk was announced that it would be erected uh so yeah she's just an amazing an amazing brave lady i can't even imagine and just knowing that you know her her view on humanity stems from her awesome father and that line i mean it stuck with her you know you could tell that stuck with her just just to live out that those years in poland and to not be deterred by threat of death at all at all i mean it's unreal um and then
0: you gotta know that what her what her father said you know save the person that's sinking even if you can't swim Right. That's going through her head the first time she's like forging a document. Yeah. Figuring out how to get kids across the border. And, yep. Yeah. Ah.
1: She used every single thing she could, you know, but even as a social worker, she found a way into the ghetto to so say she was a typhus inspector. Whatever. She's like just, a typhus she's inspector. She's checking. Yeah. I mean, she used everything to her, you know, she used everything to her advantage that she could to help these people. So, her personal life. I was going to throw this in last to kind of lighten everything. Okay. You know, because... Because I'm the about hol- to cry. This yeah, the amazing. Holocaust is just so... It's the heaviest thing probably in modern... It is the heaviest thing in modern history. And it's just a lot to take at once. So I was going to lighten it. But then, now I'm r- looking over it. I'm realizing, oh, it's... Mm, but we're going to just... I'm just going to tell you anyway. So... In 1931, so she would have been 21 years old, Irina married um, a man called Mieczelof Sendler. Um, He was sent off to war, captured as a soldier, and remained in a German prisoner of war camp until 1945. So he was in that camp for six years. Jesus. Yeah, two years after he gets back. So he gets back, they divorced in 1947. She marries Stefan. I'm not even going to attempt it. His last name. She marries Stefan, who was a Jewish friend and wartime companion, and they have three children. They have Janina, Andre, and Adam. Um, Andre and Adam passed, um, and then in 1957, he leaves. The father of these children leaves, Jeez. Um, and she then can't. he. But then he dies four years later. So she must have done a spell, um, and then. So she remarries her first husband. She okay. remarries her first husband, Give the soldier, shot. the prisoner of war husband. She remarries him. And then 10 years later, they get divorced again. And then she just threw in the fucking towel. She's like, I've done too much to deal with these fucking men.
0: Yeah, no.
1: But I thought that was a funny little. She's
0: like, do you know who the fuck <laughs> yeah, I am?
1: I'm Irina Sundler, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And neither does North America. So, but that would soon change. But yeah, so I thought that was a funny little, you know, funny little. Clip. She did.
0: She did not need to put up with any shit. No. Jerry did that. Yeah. It's called Nazis, and she's done. Yeah, with it.
1: she's not afraid of you. That's for fucking sure. So, yeah. So that's arena Sendler.
0: That is an amazing pick, and yes. like so inspiring. Like.
1: Yes, she. oh, Yeah.
0: She made it happen.
1: If only all of us could be just literally a fraction of the person she was we would be set you know
0: for life yeah let's be yeah <laughs> make the world a better place to be all of us to be in the order of the smile
1: oh i know i want to look it up lord of the smile is an international award given by children to adults distinguished in their love care and aid for children
0: that's why we all need to be in it
1: i know oh, oh that's amazing oh honey um all right we'll breathe it is now your turn.
0: All right, we're going to take just a second, and we are going to switch around here, and I'm going to tell you who my secret person is.
1: And I'm going to refill my wine glass.
0: There you go. Okay, so my person this week uh, is... Because I apparently love controversial choices. Like I uh, called Elagabalus an empress, um, which was historically risky. And now uh, I'm going to piss off like half of the... American political spectrum uh, in one go.
1: Yay! Because
0: I'm I'm all about it. So first, I'm going to show Claire a picture of my person.
1: Okay, pretty. Love the lipstick.
0: She's gorgeous. Bright um, pink
1: lipstick. Very. She pretty. pulls it
0: off. And my person today is none other than Chelsea Manning.
1: Okay. So
0: Claire, have you? Have you heard of Chelsea Manning?
1: No. I've... No, I have not. The name does sound familiar, but I know nothing. Yes. Okay. So we're (laughs) starting
0: fresh slate here. Um, So I'm not going to tell you immediately what she's known for.
1: Okay.
0: Um, We're just going to start at the beginning, go from there. Okay. Um, And eventually you're probably going to pick up where you know her from.
1: Gotcha. Okay, cool.
0: Chelsea Manning was born in 1987 in Oklahoma to Susan Fox. Uh, she was a male at birth. Her father was in the U.S. Navy and worked as an intelligence analyst. And her parents owned a small farm where they kept pigs and chickens. Um, and after her father got out of the Navy, he kind of picked up just random odds and ends jobs, but mostly stuff that kept him away from the house. Mm. Chelsea had a really rough childhood like from the start. Oh. Um, even before she was born... Uh, her parents were both alcoholics. Her mom, like, really, really hardcore alcoholic. Um, with the husband being gone most of the time, her mom couldn't drive, and so they're in this—they're on this farm, like, way away from town.
1: Right. Why and couldn't she drive? Do you
0: know? I'm, I'm not 100. percent Like um,
1: suspended license? That or was not surprise me.
0: Okay. Um, she was also from Wales. Her mom was from Wales.
1: Oh, of course, she's an alcoholic.
0: Fucking Welsh. <laughs>
1: hey i'm very i'm mostly welsh
0: well okay i'm um, not while sure I'm if drinking we drinking
1: my wine i'm not I'm sure not if we just lost
0: whales or picked up more of it
1: no i think if anything we gained whales okay. they're proud of it so okay um, so her mom was welsh her mom yeah dangerous. and
0: so uh her dad's gone all the time her mom's hammered so she was mostly raised by her sister casey and while she, ever, she wasn't ever formally diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome... Oh. Um, her sister did remember that her mom was like... She drank a lot while she was pregnant with Chelsea. Mm. Um, and despite her sister's best efforts, she was super malnourished as a baby and a toddler.
1: Oh, my um, God.
0: And then as a small child, she was left mostly to fend for herself. She played a lot of Legos and computer games... Um, which, I I played shit tons of computer games as a kid, so Mm -hmm. I get that.
1: Right. Well, but that's so sad. I'm just picturing these kids...
0: On a farm. On a farm
1: in the middle of nowhere.
0: With their mom just hammered out of her fucking mind. Oh. She was, um, from a young age, she was super opinionated about religion and politics. Awesome. Um, she refused to reference God during the Pledge of Allegiance. She'd just Mm -hmm. be quiet whenever they were saying that. Mm Mm-hmm. And her childhood just stayed rough. Um, Her parents divorced, and she stayed with her mom and her sister. When she was 11, her mom tried to commit suicide. And this is so sad. Her mom was saved by her daughters. And Chelsea was in the back seat uh, trying to make sure her mom kept breathing on the way to the hospital.
1: Oh, my God. At 11. At 11. Um, That trauma, I mean. Yeah,
0: that's great. So soon after her mom's suicide attempt, um, they all moved to Wales where her mom had family.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And Chelsea didn't have any respite at school either. She was the only American in her school. And she was considered very effeminate by her classmates. Mm. A few of her friends in Oklahoma knew she was gay. um, But she stayed in the closet in Wales. Okay. And because this was before she transitioned, obviously, as gay, she's into men. So, she found solace in technology and science. She was known to be clever and intelligent and articulate. She won the grand prize several years in a row in, at her science fair. Wow. Um, she won, while she was in Oklahoma, she won a statewide quiz contest. And yeah. she created her first website when she was 10 years old.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: Oh, my God. And this was in what <laughs> year? Was this like 80s, 90s?
0: Oh, I didn't mark this down, but yeah, no, this is, uh, this is probably nineties.
1: Jesus. Uh, Imagine building a website in like the nineties.
0: Yeah. No, it was way harder back then. Yeah. At one point she set up an online message board where people traded download links for games and music.
1: Oh my God. And I
0: actually used her website back in the day, (gasps) um, without knowing it.
1: Holy shit. But yeah, that was
0: her website. Wow. After she graduated high school, she moved back to the States mm-hmm. to live with her dad. Um, her mom had just gotten so bad off that she right. she couldn't live there anymore. Yeah. She very quickly landed a job as a developer for a camp- company called Zoto. It's, did some kind of software stuff. Mm-hmm. But she was fired after only four months. And her boss said he, she had issues with just checking out. Like she would just... Stare into space, be totally unresponsive. Huh. Um, and it sounds like horrible PTSD.
1: Right. It's, yeah, I would um, say.
0: So, after high school, Chelsea was living life as an openly gay man, mm-hmm. uh, secretly struggling with the gender dysphoria. hmm She had major issues with her stepmother, and after a big fight, Chelsea was asked to move out of the house. mm So she couch surfed for a while and ended up staying with her aunt on her mom's side, and then she also spent a semester in college, but she didn't take it really seriously, and she just kind of left after she bombed on an exam, Um, which we know she's insanely smart, so she just wasn't, she didn't care.
1: Which I feel like most people who were like their intellect is off the charts,
0: school like
1: organized, yeah, they get bored, organized. Education to them just seems like a waste of time, you know. I mean, for sure, when you look at, I feel like Elon, Musk, like Elon Musk types. I don't know how he personally did install, but they just tend to. It's like they already know all of it, and if they don't, like then they're
0: they don't masters care. of their yeah.
1: specific craft.
0: They and, they know exactly what they want to know, and they right. don't give a damn about the rest.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: So it was during this period after she. She left college that her, her dad started pushing for her to join the army. And his reasoning was so that she could gain access to college through the GI Bill. And in the end, she, she gave in and she enlisted in 2007. Mm. And this is so sad. She, she told her recruiting officer that she hoped being in such a masculine environment would cure her gender identity dysphoria. No. No, sweetie. Anyway, oh. basic training went horribly. Yeah. She was small. She She's 5'2". Holy shit, okay, yes. yeah. She's gay, and she kept having issues with, like, checking out or breaking down. Um, so she was just harassed constantly. Uh-huh. And uh, because she was used to being bullied, though, because it happened all the way through school, mm-hmm. whenever a drill sergeant would get in her face, uh, she would just scream back. So I
1: fucking it, love that.
0: Yeah. It's not, like, a great idea for, like, living a long time, but it is heroic. Yeah. And then after she got a... Oh, she almost got discharged uh, from the Army in basic training. Like, it went that badly. Right. But she she barely hung in there, and uh, once she got out of basic training, her job in the Army was to be an intelligence analyst. Okay. Um, And she had access to top-secret information.
1: Awesome. Very cool.
0: She was first posted to a fort in New York, and that's where she met her first serious boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And his main contribution to our story is that he introduced Chelsea to a community of white hat hackers, which is what hackers does that mean? is hackers that don't do illegal shit. Uh,
1: white hat. Okay. Yeah, hackers. But <clears throat> I I only like hackers that do illegal shit
0: personally. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> Uh, The relationship didn't last, and after the breakup, Chelsea was deployed to a forward operating base in Iraq,
1: because
0: this was during the height of the Iraq War. Oh, God. And in her post to Iraq, she not only had the top secret information, um, she also got access to two different secure communication systems um, that were used by a lot of diplomats and kind of worldwide Uh secret communication systems They're were thought to be completely secure. Um, while she was in Iraq, she wrote to a gender counselor in the States, and she felt like she was in crisis. I bet. it. She was clear that she felt female. She discussed surgery options with the counselor. On top of that, she felt totally isolated. Mm. Um, this was during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Right. So she was forced to stay in the closet um, unless she wanted to be discharged, uh, not wow. honorably, if memory serves. But she did find little ways to express herself. And so, like, on her desk, there was, like, this adorable little fairy wand that was, like, that stayed on her desk, and she'd get asked about it, um, and she was just like, oh, that's my fairy wand. (laughs) She tried to talk to her roommate at the time about being attracted to men, and his response was, uh, we should not talk anymore.
1: What an asshole.
0: Yeah, well, people are fucking assholes.
1: Ugh. God.
0: During this time also, she was working 14 to 15 hour shifts, and uh, she felt she was being harassed by her superiors.
1: Okay, just can you imagine having this identity crisis where you feel female, number one, also... Horrific, by the way. Yeah, and you're gay, and you can't tell anyone. Right. Um, you try to turn to one person, and it backfires in your face. You're being harassed at work, and you're working, what, 14 to 15 hour shifts? Yeah. I would have had five thousand nervous breakdowns,
0: well, yeah, this definitely had an impact on Chelsea, Chelsea's mental health. for oh sure. oh my
1: god um, I'd be in that I'd be in that job
0: yeah it I can't imagine. I
1: mean, I work forty hours a week, <laughs> and I have nervous breakdowns. no, I mean, I guess i have been dramatic, but I feel like I qualify. <laughs> once a month for having a nervous breakdown, and my life's pretty mm. fucking cushy right now.
0: Okay, once a month for a nervous breakdown is standard.
1: <sighs> okay, yeah, especially, yeah.
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine going through uh, that period of uh, gender, gender dysphoria where you're, like, realizing you're transgender and you're trying to navigate that in this culture that's 1,000% not supportive. And you're in
1: Iraq. And then also uh,
0: you're in Iraq, oh surrounded by a bunch of grunts uh, that are, like, the most testosterone-driven masculine motherfuckers there are.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I, my God.
1: I, uh, I I
0: had, like, a little... I was not okay during, like, trying to figure out my transition. I cannot imagine.
1: No. No. No, I would lose my fucking mm. minds. I would be running through the fucking desert of Iraq, butt naked, just like...
0: Yeah, it it would not go well. Fucking, <laughs> just with with my fairy wand off my desk. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just waving your finger on. Full mm. psychosis, honestly. Yeah. Oh, poor um, thing. Okay.
0: So after dealing with this for a while, her first contact with WikiLeaks...
1: Oh, yeah, I think you're light bulb,
0: light bulb was in January of 2010. Okay. And at this point she's like, she's posted on Facebook, like how isolated she feels and Uh how depressed she is. And she doesn't even know who she is and she Mm. feels alone. And Uh. so she's, she starts messaging, uh, somebody in WikiLeaks, which she was messaging them really frequently. She was using a couple different services and, uh, she made a friend in there who we are pretty sure is Julian Assange.
1: Holy shit.
0: Um, that's never officially con- confirmed, uh, but it was Julian Assange.
1: Jesus. Okay, mm. and so real quick, because I, some of our listeners might not know, and I barely know, give us a general description of what WikiLeaks is.
0: WikiLeaks was uh, a place that any whistleblower could go, and they knew that their stuff would get aired when they felt like the, the, the media is not something they would share over okay. security issues or they get sued. Gotcha. Um, they, they they say that they're totally neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, that's iffy. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of it, Julian Assange kind of assigned himself the senior editor position.
1: Okay.
0: And so a lot of it was driven by what he wanted to publish.
1: Okay. So it was a pretty radical whistleblower yes. platform. And there was a messaging like component. Yeah, They had
0: like a internal messaging thing that Chelsea kind of ended up kind of figuring out where it was. Okay. They used a uh, IRC chat, which is okay. an open source mes- messaging software where,
1: okay.
0: uh, that a lot of really geeky people use, especially back then.
1: Yeah.
0: I may or may not have spent a lot of time in IRC. Chat
1: <laughs> yeah, in I past. bet you did.
0: <laughs> so she makes, she finally has a friend because she feels so fucking isolated.
1: Yeah.
0: And she has somebody she can talk to openly. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, she starts downloading documents. Mm. Um, the first batch uh, is known now as the Iraq war logs 400,000 documents.
1: Holy shit.
0: <clears throat> the second batch uh, is known as the Afghan war logs. And that's 91,000 documents. Oh my god. And this is what I love. She like took advantage of the toxic masculinity of the army. She smuggled yeah. the documents out of the facility by labeling a uh, writable CD Lady Gaga. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. I'm going to
0: listen Hi. to some Lady Gaga. Some gay That's shit. That's
1: genius.
0: Uh, I oh. love
1: it. <clears> oh, <throat> I hope Lady Gaga <clears> throat> throat> knows. <laughs> That's amazing. It
0: is. I love it. it I love that it's like taking advantage of the to- toxic atmosphere that she's being right. forced to deal with. Right. Because um, it
1: really is. I mean, I respect. I respect the military, but then I mean, when you know people on mm-hmm. the inside, you hear stuff, and it's just like, oh god, you know. Not to stereotype the military, but I can imagine. Yes. It was awful for her.
0: But, yeah, nobody wanted to listen to a Lady Gaga CD or admit that they listened to a Lady Gaga.
1: Exactly. Admit is the key word there.
0: She also wrote a short message that she originally meant for the Washington Post.
1: Okay.
0: Um, She originally thought that the Washington Post was who was going to publish these documents. Okay. And this is is the message uh, that she wrote. Items of historic significance of two wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. Significant activity, SIG ACTS, which I believe is Signal ACTS, between 1st of January 2004 and 31st of December 2009. Extracts from uh, CSV documents, which is comma separated documents, from the Department of Defense and CDNE database. These items have already been sanitized of any source identifying information. You might need to sit on this information for ninety to one hundred and eighty days to best send out and distribute such a large amount of data to a large audience while protecting the source.
1: Huh, okay.
0: This is one of the most significant documents of our time. Removing the fog of war and revealing the true nature of twenty-first century asymmetric warfare. Have a good day, Chelsea Manning. Or no, she's put Manning.
1: Okay. Now do we find out um, what was in these documents?
0: Somewhat. I mean, they're they're all public now. You, okay. can, you can Google it. And read so just it.
1: like upwards of four hundred ninety thousand documents. Yeah.
0: So she just stole half a million documents.
1: Yeah. So all I need to do is just sift through them.
0: Yeah. In my spare time. People do.
1: I'm sure they do. Oh man. I'm just waiting for them to. They probably are still sifting through them today in 2022. Um, waiting for I'm them to the tell me what's in, in there.
0: <laughs> so she she takes some leave to go to the U S. And she moved the documents onto an SD card, Mm -hmm. so it was kind of easy to bring back. It was during this trip that she went out dressed as a woman for the first time. Hell yeah. While she was in the U.S., she contacted the Washington Post and the New York Times, asking them if they were interested in the documents. Uh, The Washington Post reporter did not sound interested, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the New York Times never even called her back. Okay.
1: Typical New York Times.
0: Shenanigans. (laughs) It was at this point she sent them to WikiLeaks via the Tor network, which for anybody who's not familiar, uh, the Tor network is essentially a a network of computers that hide who you are. So instead of directly connecting to a website, you connect to an entry link and then you connect to three other computers, then you connect to an exit link, then you connect to the website, which it hides who you are, but uh, it's really slow to Mm. load anything. Okay. So she sends them to WikiLeaks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She returns to Iraq in February of 2010. She sent uh, WikiLeaks a diplomatic cable that came across her desk. And WikiLeaks posted it immediately. So oh. like, they're realizing like they've got a good source. Yes. And it was at this point that she found and sent to, sent to WikiLeaks the video that's now known as the collateral murder video. And this is where I figured out, like, this is where I got clued into like, what was going on.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Collateral
1: the, murder video.
0: Okay. So the video is from a helicopter gun camera. Okay. And um, you can hear the, the helicopter crew, the pilot, and the, the weapons officer in the helicopter. And it shows them gunning down this crowd, probably like 10 or 12 people of civilians. They're all oh, civilians. Oh god. including two journalists from Reuters.
1: Jesus.
0: And then you hear him laughing a couple times about oh. and then the there a rescue group shows up and they shoot up the van. Um what? It's It's 38 minutes long and oh I've watched the whole thing start to finish like repeatedly.
1: Oh. And okay. it's it's
0: horrific. It's uh, you can't really argue with what's going on.
1: No.
0: Um, so it's very, very cut and dry, clear, fucked up shit going on. And I was horrified the first time I Oh, I, saw I imagine. It. 2010, that's 12 years ago, I was 23. And uh, I was in the middle of figuring out a lot of myself mm-hmm. um, in a lot of different areas at the time. Yeah. Um, religion, politics, sexuality, gender and everybody around me was a huge supporter of the Iraq war. Mm. Like 100% on board. And after I saw this video, I was out.
1: Yeah, no, cuz it's fucking <clears throat> shooting down civilians from a helicopter. I mean, that's just inhumane to be to be nice about it, you know. It's
0: inhumane. laughing about it.
1: Laughing uh it's disgusting. Not a gun
0: in the group laughing about it. No,
1: that's barbaric, animalistic. Uh can't. I mean, did they ever find out were orders given, or was this? Well,
0: so Chelsea actually found this.
1: Okay.
0: In an investigator's file folder on okay. the network. Okay. So it was being investigated, but no, nothing ever happened.
1: Of course not. God. I mean, it's it's kind of naive to think that shit doesn't happen every day during wars. And that's
0: yeah. That's. I You look at just...
1: Vietnam. They would rape and pillage. I mean, it's you know, war. It's awful, war is but... hell. Yeah.
0: What is it? Sherman said, "War is hell." And. All of its glories are moonshine, something like that.
1: Oh, so poetic.
0: He's amazing. <laughs> um, in April of 2010, she sent an email to her supervisor.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And in the email, she revealed to him that she was experiencing gender dysphoria. And she attached a photo of herself with the file name Brianna.jpg.
1: Really? We Brianna? Were, we
0: were very close to having the same name.
1: Okay, so she was still kind of experimenting with names. You do,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so is she she's not in Iraq at this time. Yeah, no, she's in Iraq. Oh, she's back in Iraq.
0: Yes. Okay,
1: back in Iraq. Emails the supervisor. A picture. Yeah, she's been
0: in Iraq for like two months.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So this is two months after she's gone out as a woman the first time. She like right. tasted.
1: She goes home. She has freedom, freedom being
0: herself.
1: Amazing. Um, back um, in Iraq, and now emailing the supervisor. Okay.
0: In the email, she said that the older she got, the harder it was to hide the dysphoria, which I totally get. Right. Um, her superior discussed the email with Chelsea's therapist, but did not inform anybody else of what was going on. A little later than this, but Chelsea told uh, a hacker named Adrian Lamo that she had set up Twitter and YouTube accounts as Brianna. To give her female identity a, a digital presence. Oh. Which that's one of the first things I did.
1: Yeah, of course. Was set
0: up email addresses and usernames and stuff. Because, you know, coming out is hard. Uh, coming out online a little easier. I get that. But she said, I wouldn't mind going to prison for the rest of my life, you know, for leaking information. Or being executed so much if it wasn't for the possibility of having pictures of me plastered all over the world press as a boy.
1: Wow. And this is a
0: line I'm going to steal. Wow. The CPU is not made for this motherboard. Like, the brain doesn't match the body.
1: I was to say, Brie, I don't get it. It's
0: it's such a geeky (laughs) thing to say, but it nails it so perfectly. Say it again. The the CPU doesn't match this motherboard.
1: Okay. I do love that now that I know what it means. Okay. Aww.
0: But she was like, listen, I don't give a fuck what happens to me.
1: I can't, I mean... The, the fact that she was most fearful of her
0: of being identified as a, as a male
1: yes. was more terrifying than going to prison or being executed. I mean that just tells you right there. Well no, I I had a similar thing, like is.
0: not nearly as intense where you realize you're gonna lose stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh the fear of that is less than the fear of I can't go on like this anymore. So Ugh. I get it. Oh, uh. So th- things in her, her in the army and her personal life kept getting worse. She felt like she was just a piece of equipment to the army, and it sounds like her well, boyfriend. You kind of are right. It sounds like her boyfriend was being both super controlling
1: mm-hmm. and
0: trying to keep her at a distance. Interesting so like, combo. He kind of wa- he wanted to have it both ways. You know, like uh-huh. I want to control everything you do, but I do whatever the fuck I want to do.
1: Sounds familiar.
0: In May, she was found. Uh, curled up in the fetal position with a knife in her hand and she had carved the words I want into a nearby office chair. The same day she got in a fight with another intelligence analyst where she punched her, the the female intelligence analyst, in the face. Um, The brigade psychiatrist recommended that she be discharged due to occupational problems and adjustment disorder. And her commanding officer went so far as to take the bolt out of her weapon so it wouldn't fire. And she was sent to work in a supply closet. And she also got demoted for punching the analyst. Which
1: (sighs) Send her home. Let her her go live her life.
0: And this right here is where Chelsea fucked up. Okay. I personally believe she wanted to get caught because she just wanted out that bad, even subconsciously. But if she didn't want to get caught, she fucked up. Um, so she emailed, uh, this hacker, Adrian Lamo, I think that's how it's pronounced. And he was what's known as kind of a gray hat hacker. He worked kind of on both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. He was known for, uh, breaking into networks and then fixing the flaws if the organization paid him. It's kind of like the extortionist version of being a penetration tester, um, where you get hired by the company and then tell them where the holes are. Okay. Uh, He would find the holes and either convert what he was able to find into funds or uh, make them pay up so that he'd fix the holes. Oh. And the, the reason that she, she got in contact with, with Adrian is that he had been in a magazine she had read like that day. Okay. He had like a, just a, a, a write up in the magazine and Adrian uh, told Ch- Chelsea that he was a journalist and whatever she told him was in confidence Oh, which
1: is
0: (laughs) great. Uh So Chelsea, um, during the point of during their conversation, she told Adrian that she was responsible for a lot of the material that WikiLeaks had been publishing. And Adrian quickly passed that information on to the Army's criminal investigation people. Oh, no. And has been shunned by hackers Ever since.
1: Wait, who's been shunned?
0: Adrian Lamo okay. because he talked to the fucking army. Yeah, and,
1: he's a rat.
0: Yeah, he got her. He got her arrested.
1: Yeah. Snitches that stitches, bitch.
0: So Chelsea was immediately arrested under a bunch of charges. The worst of which was aiding the enemy, Oof. Um, which carries the death penalty.
1: Yeah, that's a big one.
0: So she was put uh, into solitary confinement and on suicide watch. Mm. based on just her behavior um she was shipped back to virginia a couple of months later where she was taken off of suicide watch but the guards were still required to check on her every 5 minutes and she was kept in a small cell by herself required to stay inside of the cameras at all times only allowed to sleep at certain times Ugh. and they they wouldn't give her um any of like a the pillow that she couldn't have anything in the room
1: pillow right Oh,
0: fuck! And then she had an altercation, and you can't see this, but I'm doing huge air quotes here. She
1: is bunny ears
0: with a guard because, and get this, she said yes instead of I because it's the Navy.
1: What the? F- <clears throat> Wait, it was the Navy? What? She was at like a naval base prison? Or? It was,
0: I think it's a Marine Corps prison.
1: Okay, and she didn't say I.
0: Yeah, no. See, she-
1: I immediately think of Popeye.
0: Yeah, no, she said yes. Um, so she's agreeing. She's just not saying the right words. So
1: she was the show is beat over. Right. Probably. She for was, no reason.
0: So she as soon as she did this, she was put back on suicide watch the severe version. Um, they it's took like her. There's
1: a not severe version.
0: Well, I mean, that's what she was originally on. But now, like, it, shit gets real. Um, they took her eyeglasses. She was not ever allowed out of her cell. Um, she was required to sleep only in boxer shorts, which left her topless. And so she sees herself as a female where, you know, it's very vulnerable right. to be topless.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and they see her as a male where, what's the big deal? Mm. It, it is a fucked situation. She was strip searched if she said anything out of line and her lawyer spoke out about the conditions And there was an international outcry. The UN expert on torture (laughs) said the treatment was cruel, inhuman, and degrading. 295 members of the academic legal community signed a statement calling it degrading and inhumane pre-trial punishment because this is all before her trial. I
1: know, I was was just going to ask that. So they're just holding her before trial and she's being fucking tortured. Yeah. Cool.
0: And the U.S. State Department spokesman was fired for protesting Chelsea's treatment. After four months of this, which I cannot imagine going no, through four months.
1: No, no,
0: no, um, She was transferred to a lower security prison and kept like a normal prisoner. She was in gin pop, like the whole thing. Okay. Her trial was in 2013, and she pled guilty. I mean, they had everything on her. So yeah. there's not a whole lot denying it.
1: Right. As, going back to what you are saying, wanting to... Get, <clears throat> I mean thinking about how highly intelligent chelsea was i feel like she would have known not to oh yeah yeah i mean i she pro i agree with you and the well as
0: somebody that's done yeah. computer forensics like it's all there
1: yeah it's not she you. probably did want it caught so she could
0: yeah, i think have she an just out. wanted out
1: yeah i would too you know and also
0: she saw shit going on that's ...fucking horrific and was being hidden and...
1: I mean, there are just so many factors. Like, there's so many... There is nothing good going on in her life. No. I I would absolutely have out to, by any means necessary.
0: So, um, she pled guilty. She was sentenced to 25 years in prison.
1: Holy shit.
0: Again, they... There was an international response to this where they just said, like, okay... You, at this point, you're just trying to make a point with this person.
1: Right. sounds like it. I mean, there are murderers that get out in less time. Rapists that get out. Pedophiles that get out in less time. Don't
0: get me started on how short rapist sentences are. It's It's disgusting. fucking bullshit. It is. Her lawyer uh, almost immediately files a petition for her to receive a pardon from President Obama. Okay. And the day after her sentencing, little tiny silver lining, Chelsea comes out as a transgender woman.
1: The day after her sentencing. Yep. Okay. That is kind of a symbolic time, you know. It is. It's kind of like next chapter.
0: This is actually like a huge trailblazing moment. Yeah. At the time, transgender people were not eligible to serve in the military. Mm-hmm. And because of this, the military prison system had lagged way behind the civilian system and both in its recognition and treatment of transgender people. In two thousand fourteen with her name officially changed to Chelsea Manning, which that's my one beef I have with her. You should have stuck with Brianna. Yeah, <laughs> it's a You're beautiful biased. name. And it is. Um, she had two army medical specialists confirming her identity as a transgender woman. Uh, Chelsea asked for uh, hormone replacement therapy,
1: okay,
0: which is provided in civilian prisons. And she wow, also wow,
1: I'm I'm actually shocked at that.
0: And she also asked to be acknowledged as a woman by the Army, uh, which was immediately denied. Of course. They also refused to transfer her to a civilian prison where she could receive HRT, hormone replacement therapy. After the Army repeatedly delayed beginning treatment, the ACLU stepped in and said, either start or we're going to sue you.
1: Oh, Thank God.
0: Which, you know, God bless the ACLU. Right. And she so
1: she was mm. being held in a military prison at first.
0: Yeah, still a, yeah, she still is. She still was, is. She still was. She
1: still was. Oh.
0: Uh, after a couple more months, Chelsea sued the Secretary of Defense personally due to her not being allowed to start HRT, not being allowed to grow out her hair, or use cosmetics, which are allowed to cis uh, female inmates, but was not allowed to her. Mm. And in February of two thousand fifteen. So this is she was sentenced in two thousand thirteen. So this has been a couple of years of her, you know, going to war over this.
1: Mm-hmm. She's
0: finally allowed to begin HRT, but she was not allowed to grow out her hair. Mm. Why? I I don't
1: yeah, know. Yeah, some okay. She well, was, you know what? I've always loved pixie cuts. I've always been mad. I feel like I can't pull one off. So.
0: As a stereotypical transgender woman with a side <laughs> shave, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> a month later, uh, oh, she was the first woman, she was the first person in the Army to ever receive HRT. Very cool. Um, a month later, the Army Court of Appeals ruled that the Army had to use female pronouns for Chelsea.
1: Okay, as they should.
0: Though she was still listed as a male in all of her Army documents. In January of 2017, on his last day in office, President Obama commuted Chelsea's sentence.
1: Woo! Yes. Oh, oh, that makes me happy. (laughs) He
0: set the new end date to May of that year. Okay. And in May of 2017, she was released. Ugh having served almost seven years for blowing the whistle on the fucked up shit that was happening in Iraq.
1: Oh, my God. I just can't. Can you? I mean, seven years is, is a long time. That's thing. a long That's a good chunk. It. But imagine, I mean, there's no feeling that could replicate that feeling of relief oh, of no. a sentence being commuted. I mean, oh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And they, she, what? She is mainly charged with aiding the enemy, quote, unquote.
0: Well, um, releasing a? classified documents, that kind of thing. That
1: could potentially put our military at risk. Or yeah. But in reality, she was just exposing the fucked up shits that's going on that...
0: Exactly.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, there would be some information in those almost half a million documents that could, you know you know, made yeah, military sure, vulnerable, but that I'm sure wasn't it, her intent. I'm
0: sure it did stuff like that. And she, she, she did apologize
1: okay, for
0: any damage that she caused.
1: Yeah. But 20, I mean, yeah.
0: But yeah. She was not free of the legal system. Mm. Um, she was subpoenaed to appear before two grand juries in 2019. The grand juries have been convened to attempt to extradite Julian Assange to the United States. Okay. She refused to appear as a witness. Mm-hmm. She served one prison sentence from March to May, and another from May of 2019 to March of 2020. So they're, they're still...
1: So they're still going after her then?
0: Well, they wanted Julian Assange and... And she
1: refused to testify, she... so she went to jail. Right. Wow. I mean, honestly, at this point, leave her the fuck alone, you know? Yeah, I
0: I feel like we need Cara Cunningham to come in and be like, leave Chelsea alone.
1: Yeah, leave her alone. But honestly, it's (laughs) like this girl just wants to be rid of it. She wants to put it behind her. and, And If you're any good at your job, you should be able to extradite Assange... Without the help of Chelsea, in my opinion, you know? Well,
0: yeah, I mean, he's got so much other shit going on. Why not? I mean, you know. Um, Her imprisonment was once again harsh. Mm. Especially because the judge had ordered her to pay a fine for every day she refused to testify against her friend, Julian Assange.
1: But was it her friend? I mean, I guess we don't really know.
0: We don't really know. I kind of feel like at the time... Especially at the time she had leaked those documents, she saw, him, she saw him as a friend.
1: Yeah.
0: The UN torture expert once again weighed in and called for Chelsea to be released, saying that she was being tortured.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, in every way, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. No, can
0: you imagine? Okay, so the, the, the rate was, after 30 days of being in jail, she had to pay $500 a day. After 60 days, it's $1,000 a day.
1: Oh, my God. Fucking...
0: The sentence was from May of 2019 to March of 2020. And they only let her out because the grand jury expired.
1: Oh, my God.
0: In March of 2020, uh, she attempted suicide. Like, she was just... Oh. She was, you know, rushed to a hospital. She recovered fine. And she was released the next day, but the judge would not waive the fine, which at this point was over two hundred fifty thousand dollars.
1: Who's this judge?
0: Some asshat. I don't know. No, write him a
1: <clears throat> fucking letter that he'll probably never read, but still make me feel better.
0: You know what's going to make you feel better <laughs> is that a supporter launched a crowdsourcing campaign.
1: Yay! And within
0: forty-eight hours, <gasps> totally covered.
1: Oh, my God, 48 hours.
0: A quarter million dollars, 48 That's
1: insane. Hours. Okay, sidebar. Mm. That's insane. That's insane. So, ten, it's what? March 3rd. Okay. Tinder Swindler, you've heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. I haven't watched it.
1: Okay, so I, I watched it. Um, about, about a, It's been on Netflix for maybe a month, um, but it's just about this guy who takes advantage of women mm. and, you know, basically... Um, is a fraud and mm-hmm. he just, you know, siphons money from them. And anyway, he's, he's roving free currently. I think he spent spoiler, but he spent like a month in jail. Now he's just living his life. Of course. Anyway, he the three main women in this documentary put together a GoFundMe to cover their debts, which I think combined is literally about the same, like 250,000 or something. Because this,
0: this fucker like essentially stole it. Yeah. He yeah.
1: stole everything. Last I checked, which was maybe last week, I think they had raised sixty thousand dollars. And I mean, the Tinder Swindler is popular right now, and still, in a matter of a month, they only raised sixty thousand. So, within forty eight hours, raising two hundred and fifty thousand—that's unheard of. That's wow.
0: Listen, they may be popular, but they're no Chelsea Manning.
1: <laughs> that's fucking right.
0: These days, Chelsea mostly make her makes her money doing speaking engagements though she did recently start working for a cryptocurrency startup doing network security
1: okay and sounds very her and yes. I don't know her but it sounds very her
0: and she has remained a vocal activist for the transgender community oh yeah and that is Chelsea Manning
1: yay Chelsea imagine how pissed that judge was
0: <laughs> oh, oh, she just held out and then all of a sudden everybody's like no worries Chelsea we got this he
1: was like I'm gonna fuck- I'm just gonna fucking yeah. Make her, and in- I'm
0: this is gonna ruin her life, and she's like, It didn't even ruin my week,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. <clears throat> and this so, this is what dreams are made of.
0: So, that's our badass bitches, our political dissidents,
1: yes, that and, broke uh, the rules and won. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Chelsea, still Chelsea is a gorgeous transgender woman doing just fine, yes. and
1: uh, hopefully, finally feeling. Free,
0: and left like happy. the fuck alone
1: I know she, she is
0: active on Twitter and I'm going to admit I follow her pretty closely
1: yay I just hope <clears> she's happy and
0: Irina lived to be like an obscenely long life be
1: 98, 98 saved so many babies and children
0: and that's when you stick to your goddamn guns yeah. whether they're breaking your legs they're running you through solitary yeah <laughs> they're taking your fucking eyeglasses yeah fuck them
1: Buckham, you hold up that middle finger.
0: And then you win.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Ah. This was a
0: good subject. I'm glad we did this.
1: Me too. And you guys, you have a good week. We're going to be talking to you again next week. Uh, And we can't wait for that.
0: No, we are so stoked. Yeah. This has been so much fun.
1: Yeah, please listen send to your friends send to your um send to anyone who who takes an interest in this
0: subscribe rate and review yes that's what you can do to help our podcast
1: yes please do that
0: thank you so much
1: have a good week guys